Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm a feminist, but I'd rather have dinner with Idris Elba than Emily Panker. But sometimes spanks are the answer to my problem. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I love submission. I'm a feminist, but sometimes. I don't want my hair to be a power symbol. It's just hair. <laughs> I'm a feminist bird. Some days I think more about wanting a thigh gap than closing the pay gap. <laughs> I'm a feminist bird. Sometimes I just want to a romantic comedy and pretend now Jello I'm a I'm a I'm a feminist bird I'm feeling really aware that I'm a guy right now <laughs> Trying to rain on the thunder Tell the storm I'm new I'm a walk, I'm a march On the regular Pain white flags blue Lord forgive me I've been running Running blind and true I'm a rain, I'm a rain On this pillow Tell the sweet I'm blue I'm telling these tears Gonna fall away, fall away May the last one burn Fall away, fall away. Oh. 
Ward and Deborah Francis White for the Guilty Feminist. in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities that undermine them. And we've been going now for a year and three months, um, which is very, very exciting. And so this is like a landmark show. We're usually at King's Place, but in the 200-seater, and we've moved up to the 400-seater, which is very exciting. It's very grand, isn't it? Do you know twice I've done the ooh-la-la hand? You know, the woo, like showing your jewels. And I think that's just what poor people think fancy people do. Because <laughs> when you, at the beginning, you said we're in the big room, and I was like, ooh. I'm like, no one does that, Felicity. That's only going to work if you're wearing more jewels. Like, I have yeah. none on and $2 nail polish. Yeah, no. Ex- should I? I'm no, gonna I, will, you, I will lose that and break it. I'm going I'm to lend you that ring just so that you can do the hands. Because oh, I want to see. Woo! See, that works better. Yeah, yeah, that works better. Works now better. I still look like a witch lady. No, I have you don't. unbearably flexible wrists. No, you look beautiful. <laughs> oh, let me sell you some potions. Uh, some of you may notice that the part of Sarah Pascoe tonight is being played by Felicity oh, yes. Ward. Uh, because Sarah Pascoe got caught up with Comic Relief. Did you see she's singing and dancing for Comic Relief? Yeah, yeah. Please she, vote for her. She has something called a career. No. <laughs> no. No. I have available time. No. It's very difficult to get Felicity Ward, but we were able to because it was a Monday night. <laughs> Do you know what? I actually had to cancel a gig. Do you know what it was? Sarah Pascoe's new material night. Ah! <laughs> so she's too down for that show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have to admit, if I've wanted a particular comedian to come and do this show, I'm going to admit to you that when they've said, oh, no, I can't because I'm doing something else, I've just texted them back three words, which works every time. Feminism needs you. (laughs) Isn't that emotionally manipulative? Well done. I'm proud of you. It does work. It does work. Uh, So today, for the very first time, we're going to talk about feminism as a topic. So as regular listeners know, just cheer if you're a regular listener. Cheer if you've never been before or heard it before. So you've never been or heard it before? <laughs> They've been dragged along. Oh, are you plus ones? Yeah, yeah you can hear one. uncertainty in their voices. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, I don't know what this is. You're a plus one. But you didn't prep by quickly listening to an episode so you could be in the gang. Okay, it's not normally like this. It's not normally as good. We don't have a choir. So don't expect that all the time when you listen. Don't be like, ah, this is terrible. There's no choir in this. I'm turning it off. Okay. Do you feel pressure, though, when you're like, oh, no, this is a special one, and then what if they don't like it? I have mental health issues. Um, no. Undermined no. by low self-esteem. Is that apparent? I don't think so. Hello. I feel... I am very concerned that people should like me, but I feel the full confidence of the choir that they will like the show tonight. Okay. I feel like if they don't like the show tonight, there's something wrong with them because there's a choir. So I feel like so much responsibility is lifted off me because I have a choir. I think that is a great way to show confidence and alienate the new people. Congratulations. No, no. I don't think they do feel alienated. I think if you're ever having a bad day at work, say, say you've got a big project on and you're thinking, I'm really lacking confidence, I've been put in charge of this, I don't know how I feel about it. Take a little gospel choir to work with you. <laughs> just, just no more than four. Like, don't overdo don't it. Don't overdo it. Don't overdo it. Like a four-person gospel choir. And just have them walk behind you singing feminist anthems. Yeah. And say you have to give the big presentation to the senior partners... It is at this point that you want them to open and close the presentation. Never explain it. Yeah. <laughs> Just... And I honestly feel our confidence would be sky high. Imagine... Oh, my God. Imagine if you did a PowerPoint presentation on an Apple laptop and you opened it and it, you just pretended you were pressing the button, but then the gospel choir just went... Aah. 
That's a good idea. But it would be funny if, like, you got them to sing the really boring things people put on slides. <laughs> Just be like... As you can see from this pie graph, pie graph, I've never had a job. Um... <laughs> Where's she going with this? How many people are pie graphing their way through their careers? <laughs> Don't be. Do people use pie graphs? Uh, has anyone ever used a pie has graph? Has anyone got a job in here? Has anyone? Of course not. They're out on a school night. Has anyone? Has, does it, who just go woo if you do presentations? Just go woo if you've ever used a pie graph. Yeah, oh. in your face. Yeah. I'm vindictive too. Yeah, there you go, there you go. I'm I was, saucy. I was wrong, they use pie charts all the time. Anyone shout out what they were demonstrating with their pie chart? Finance. Finance. I thought you, I thought you said pineapple. I'm like, whoa, Again, that'd be Felicity. a pineapple chart. Again, Felicity, you've never had a job. Well, pineapple pie chart. Um, it's like a pie chart, but it's got a fancy hat. <laughs> discussing feminism today <laughs> and pineapples if you've never been before what we normally do is we discuss a topic through a feminist lens but through a guilty feminist lens because we're acknowledging what we don't do right or what we feel we don't do right or that we judge ourselves for not being good enough etc and so forth but we've never talked about feminism so today we're bravely going for the rug tackling <laughs> the full topic <sighs> um, how do you feel how are you feeling about feminism at the moment flick we are in an interesting period with feminism. I feel like the whole world is about to explode. You know, I and, feel that. And not just not in feminism, but everything is about to explode. It's like everything is at the edge of its limitation. Everything is of, of capacity, rather. Mm -hmm. And it feels like things in the next 10 years are going to improve dramatically or die. Um, <laughs> And it feels like that there has been an explosion and sort of new wave of feminism that different components and new elements, or not new elements, but, oh, fuck, it's hard to talk about this without getting in trouble. I, um... I know what you mean. I feel like it's a new time for feminism, definitely. Yes. Did anybody get that email from the Women's Equality Party saying fifth wave feminism is, is here? And did anyone panic and think, I haven't even done fourth? <laughs> It was like getting an email from Sandy Toxvig and thinking, I haven't done my homework, Miss Toxvig. <laughs> I genuinely panicked. And then they said that they would unveil a fifth wave feminism and I haven't had the unveiling. Fourth Did wave feminism hasn't been around long enough to have a fifth wave, has it? Oh, come on, fourth wave feminism is third wave feminism with podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's plus hashtags. It's sort of, yes, but now we can talk to each other and find each other. But also... Oh people who don't like feminism can find us to tell us that it's cancer. And that's the important <laughs> part. Every day, every day they can as find us. As long as the people who hate us can contact us, it means we've won. <laughs> that's right. Am so I doing feminism right? <laughs> Gentlemen, will you welcome Deborah Francis So tonight we're talking about feminism and I just thought I want to talk to you about some observations that I have for myself as a woman. This is not... Now listen, I, I need to make this 25% less funny but 100% more inclusive. See? It's already 25% less funny. <laughs> By just saying, these are some observations I've made about some men and some women. This is not all men. This is not all women. It's not all anything. As I sometimes say, men in general are taller than women. That's a trend. We can see it. It's true. But that tells you nothing about Rupert Murdoch and Jerry <laughs> Hall. Now... <laughs> sometimes have, well, I have a lot of gay friends being a woman in show business and sometimes they'll refer to themselves as ladies. They'll be like, hey ladies, um, get her. And I do not really like it when gay men refer to themselves as women because gay men are men. They are men. They're testosterone-fueled men. I know this because about a year ago, I was asked to host the big gay away day for a big corporate bank. And they said, you sure? <laughs> Are you finding it funny that a corporate bank 
would have a big gay away day? Oh, they have big gay away days. Do you work for a big corporate bank? Oh, no. Okay, just three people found that funnier than anyone's ever found to anything. So a lot of big corporations now, they'll have like a women's network and an LGBTQ network. And so they will then have a big gay away day. And they said, do you want to host it? And I was like, are you sure? Because I'm not LGB or T, unless you count that week in university. Unless, unless you count 1999. Um, and they were like, no, no, it'll be great. We love you. you know, and I was a little nervous at the top, like thinking, you know, why am I hosting this? But it turns out a funny girl in red shoes can become a gay icon inside 25 minutes. <laughs> they did love me. At the end of the day, uh, we went for dinner, we went for drinks, we went for more drinks. And it was two o'clock in the morning when they said, right, Matt said, right. Matt's the head of gay at this company. He's, <laughs> he's true, he's the global head of gay. And we were standing in Soho and I said, I'm going to go home. And he shouted down the street at me, Deborah, if you don't come to Shadow Lounge, I'm never going to talk to you again. And I went because he meant that. <laughs> Anyone here been to Shadow Lounge? Yeah, it's a wonderful world, isn't it? It's a wonderful world. I'd never been there before. But they took me down into this basement in Soho where, I mean, you've got to go there. The men behind the bar were wearing trousers that had fronts but no backs. <laughs> Just bums. Look, I'm not making that up. Genuinely, they were wearing bumless trousers and they poured out this liquid for me. And please bear in mind, I was with like a hundred gay men who'd been watching me on stage all day. I was the only woman. And they poured out um, this liquid for me that I can now only think of as a Gaga bomb. Now, I had never had this drink before, but it is more potent than anything anybody has ever drunk before. And they made me have several Gaga bombs, and then they took me out onto the dance floor and the grinding commenced. <laughs> now, the way a gay man dances with you in public, it would be inappropriate for a straight man you were sleeping with to dance with you like that in private. <laughs> I mean, I would call it dry humping, but it was moist. <laughs> and then some sweet young gay man, probably an intern or someone on the graduate program, would take me into a booth, tell me his coming out story and cry. <laughs> and it went on like that. Gaga bombs grinding, cry. Gaga bombs grinding, cry. Gaga bombs grinding, cry. Until it went Gaga bombs grinding, into a booth with a young man who I thought would tell me a coming out story, but there was no coming out story, there was no coming out story at all. No, this young man put his tongue in my mouth. <laughs> and more grinding happened. And I thought, this is probably just an extension of the grinding. This is just something, it's just a gay thing, it's just a fun thing, it's just a fun thing, it's just a fun thing. It's just a joke, he's still, it's just a fun thing. But his tongue started to feel more and more straight. <laughs> and so I pulled mine out and went, uh, do you work for Bank of Scotland? <laughs> And he looked at me like, that's a weird fetish. <laughs> and I went, no, no, were you on the big gay away day? He went, no. And I said, so were you gay? He went, no. And I went, oh. And he went, do you want to get out of here? Why don't you come back to my place? And I was, you know, I was in this sort of bomb fueled sort of feeling and I was sort of, you know, the gay men had done all the foreplay because, you know, they'd, they'd bought me all the drinks, rubbed up against my area and then given me emotional truth. <laughs> what more could anyone have done to prepare? But something was coming back to me in my bomb fueled haze and it was that I am um, married. <laughs> So I explained this to the man, and he didn't seem to care about that, like at all. I, I mean, and don't judge me, because my husband was in Australia on a business trip. <laughs> and, and I thought, no, come on, come on, pull yourself together, just get out of this situation. So I said to him, do you mind if I go and speak to my friends? And he said, yes, go and say goodbye to your friends. <laughs> so I went across, and I found Matt on the dance floor, and I went, Matt! 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 Did you know not all the men in here were gay? And he went, found yourself a pickup artist, have you? And I went, yes. And he wants me to go home with him. And he asked me a question that only a gay man could ask you in that situation. And is that allowed in your relationship? And I thought, maybe it is. Maybe there's a clause. Maybe 
was the biggest, buffest, hottest man that had ever hit on me. And I started going, was there anything in there in the wedding vows about him being in a different hemisphere? And then I thought, no, 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 it's not. I said, no, Matt, no, it's not. And Matt did this. Right? Everybody's saying no night to Deborah. Deborah's going home. <laughs> Scotty, come over here. And Scotty, who's this big other Aussie bodybuilder of a guy, got on one side of me and Matt got on the other side of me and they started frog marching me out <laughs> of the club. And the pickup artist saw what was happening and he came around and said, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Matt looked out at me and went, you do not engage, you do not engage. You keep walking, you do not engage. Oh, I, I feel I should probably have my tongue in his mouth. I should probably say goodbye. And Scotty went, no, nah, we've all done the passion dash love. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> and the pickup artist came around and headed them off at the steps. And he went, you're controlling her. You're controlling her. And he went like this and pulled out his chest. And both of these big, fantastically handsome Australian gay guys flexed their muscles back. And I looked and I thought, oh, there's going to be a duel. A big gay jewel! And I thought, no, 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 I cannot let blood be spilt. Can I? Could I? No, no, I mustn't let any punching happen. No, 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 I mustn't. So I stepped away from the frog marchers on both sides towards the pickup artist. I took one step towards the pickup artist and said, it's fine. And it was at this point. Well, I don't know if this is exactly what happened, but this is because I'd had a lot to drink, but this is what I remember. Um, could you just do this? <coughs> a rope dropped down through the roof of the gay club. I looked up to see a hole in the ceiling of the gay club. A chopper floated above the ceiling of the gay club. Matt looked up and went, go, 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 go. I climbed the rope and the rope lifted me out of the gay club into a chopper. The chopper was full of handsome, suited, gay soldiers. They said, we'll get you home, man. We'll get you home, man. Ma'am, yes, ma'am. And they floated the chopper over the roofs of London until it floated over the top of my flat in Camden Town and dropped me through the roof where I woke up in bed the next day. I can't guarantee you that's exactly what happened, but it was definitely something like that. <laughs> it might have involved one of those pedicabs. Anyway. <laughs> this is why I say gay men and men. Because if I'd been at that club with women, this is what would have happened. <laughs> Can I just go and talk to my friends? Yep. Go and say goodbye to your friends. Maddie! Maddie! Matty, did you know that not all of the men in this club were gay? Found yourself a pickup artist, have you? Yes, and he wants me to go home with him. And does he know you're married? <laughs> yeah, I think I did say that. Right, where is the bastard? I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> would have headed straight over to the booth. There would have been 25 minutes of loud confrontation, 25 minutes of shouting and crying, and I would have gone home with the pickup artist. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Are we ready to meet our guest? Uh, she is a fantastic actress and a wonderful feminist. I should say actor. We, we discussed this in the dressing room and we decided on actor in the end so we didn't get tweets. Um, <laughs> but she's French 
and very fancy. You will know her from such films as Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, I pushed the right button there, didn't I? <laughs> Expelliarmus, millennials. Um, and in Bruges. Yes, more grown-up people. Um, and from the fantastic television show The Tunnel, uh, she's come all the way through the tunnel tonight from Paris. It's Clemence Posey! Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We, uh, we want to talk about feminism tonight. How's the landscape? Because you live part-time in France and part-time in Britain. Yeah. Although, is that going to be increasingly possible because it seems like we've made an excellent decision? <laughs> We're pouring concrete in the tunnel. Oh, it's, it's such a terrible thing. Will that affect your relationship with Britain or do you have a dual passport of some sort? I don't yet. I don't Ooh, know if who I... would like to marry Clemens. <laughs> Please. I would. Okay, great. Well, yep. you were already married. I just... I'll can fix that. I mean, that's, that's reversible. Tom, I'm, 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 I'm only engaged. Okay. I'm not yep. committed yet. Right, let's do it. Um, I don't know what's going to be possible or not. We, none of us really know what's, what's going to happen. Had they taken into account that you live here part-time when they had the referendum? <laughs> I don't think that they had understood that this... They should have had a bus, really, saying... Yeah. Oh, we could have done the bus. Clemence Posey lives here part-time. Don't make her life hell. <gasps> That's what we should have done. All the people who were in Harry Potter, who were yes. here, that would have done it, though, because there were enough people in this country who were so obsessed with Harry Potter, they would never have allowed it. Um, what so- if Harry Potter was the bridge between Remain and Leavers? Like, what if the thing we didn't bring up was Harry Potter movies? And everyone went, oh, my God, we're all the same. <laughs> Like, even though we're from different houses. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What character is your house from? Uh, she's from the Beaubeton. She's from a French school. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she's not from... Uh, but when she comes to the Hogwarts school, Yeah. The Hogwarts. <laughs> That's very much like the YouTube oh. and the Google. <laughs> Generation X! I only read one book. The Hogwarts um, school. Okay. Mm. Mm. When she edit that out, edit that out. I don't want people laughing at me all over the world. I'll do it. I real, do. I'll do it really casual, like. So when she came to Hogwarts, what's what? Uh, what house did she go into? She doesn't go into a house. <laughs> Isn't it? That's the houses, Slytherin and stuff. Yes, but she's invited for a, a very special competition. Oh, okay. So she, doesn't she, have, does, she doesn't have to go into. Okay, a house. if she was in a house, which house would she be in? <laughs> We're in. This is now Buzzfeed, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure. Was it the diving one? The house? No, the not the house. diving house. No, no, no. I'm sure they do many other things, but the competition involved yeah, the diving. The, yes. the competition involves diving. So my experience with Harry Potter is that I had only seen one of them, and then I've just my fiance and I have just moved in with his parents because we're trying to save money and ruin our relationship, and. Um, <laughs> And we moved in there. It's going well. We saved 300 pounds. We're in separate bedrooms. And uh, no, so we, one night um, over the Christmas period, they played all of the Harry Potter movies in order. And his, all of his family are really into Harry Potter. So one night we started watching the first one. And then the second night I wasn't working either. So by the end of the week, we had bonded over about 75 hours of Harry Potter. We became very invested. So I have now seen all of the films. So I love the film. Um, Thank you. I just, I don't know why I said that. Because <laughs> you the, wanted to talk about diving. So, so that's the bit about the Hogwarts school for anyone who came to that. <laughs> If anyone was here like, Clemens Posey is in, let's have more questions about the Hogwarts school. We should probably talk about feminism. Do you feel there's a difference between... uh, Hogwarts and feminism? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, 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 no. Is there a difference between the Hogwarts and feminism? I'm sorry. (laughs) No. Is there a difference between Slytherin and Gryffindor? No. Um, 
is there is there a difference between the way feminism manifests itself in France and the UK? Do you notice? Yes, I feel like there is somehow. It seems to be less of a um, talked about issue in France recently. I mean, I mean, I feel like recently in England, it is a word that I hear a lot and that I see a lot. And in France, it seems to be a topic that has always more or less been present. And I, I'm quite proud of France, actually, for that. But I haven't noticed the new wave you were talking about. It seems to just continue its own So you think it's sort of always been there in your lifetime in France? In my lifetime, I mean, yeah. Of course, yeah. No, 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 obviously not during the French Revolution. Um, (laughs) What was your experience of the 1400s? (laughs) (laughs) That it's always been there in your lifetime. I don't know when the French Revolution was, I know. I was going to say. No? Just said a number for a joke. Still worked, though, didn't it? Because you said it quickly and with confidence. That's right. And I, I took it as a joke and moved on, but it, it isn't. That's I could the feel ages. the tension of the, and the education in the room. I could smell you going, we know. Is she going to say anything? But it's been a sort of chic constant, just to chill out. A chic, a chic constant. constant feminism. I love how everything French has to be. Yeah, yeah. I'm just imagining. A it was of, very like, ooh la the feminism of. <laughs> That's what we're saying. But it hasn't had this resurgence. In response to, like, for, for example, what's happening now, I think the new wave of feminism is coming up in response to Trump, in response to Brexit, in response to... Uh, but you, you're having some serious... In response to Brexit? Yeah, because we will lose a lot of rights automatically if we come out of the European Union, because we're covered by the European Union. Okay. So we're going to lose a lot of rights, so we're going to have to ask for them back. Right, that's even and, sadder than I thought it would. Yeah, and in, <clears throat> and in some cases, we are not going to be offered them back, so we're going to have to demand them back. Um, it's All just... big, <laughs> if we're lucky. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling more in a demanding mood. So um, I'm kind of excited about the ability to um, form private members' bills and sort of see what we can do, because in some cases, we may get more uh, than we've asked for. And I think that democracy seems to have been reactivated. I mean, we have to keep it alive because it's really easy for these things to be exciting for 48 hours and then for it to kind of wane off. But do you think, because you've got Le Pen and some significant scary yeah, stuff happening. Yeah, I mean, happening. that's one of the saddest things, really, that this woman who is running for president is one of the sort of worst enemy of women uh, and women's rights. And it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I don't want to compare Theresa May to Marine Le Pen, but it's... But you I don't kind of want to. No. No, I... But although she is not as far right, she is still right, and she's still, you know, been responsible over the years for stripping money out of rape shelters and other female legislation and protection has really not being given a lot of uh, time, care or attention uh, by the Conservative government and now she's in power, it doesn't feel like she's going to sort of step up to the plate for women. Do you ever feel like we sort of make an assumption that women are going to be feminists and we get disappointed when they're not and do we judge women more harshly than we judge men under these circumstances? Do we or, I mean, do, do we or do I? I don't, I... I Oh, you can only, you're can just only... welcome to speak for yourself. Yeah, thank you. And, and Gryffindor. Gryffindor. <laughs> speak for yourself and... What's the French magic skill called? Le beau bâton. Of course it is. <laughs> oh, beau bâton. <laughs> beau bâton. So if you could speak for yourself and beau bâton, the women of beau bâton, um, that would be great. I do. I, I can't help but do, really, because I, I don't really understand how a woman could not understand. how. I mean, I mean the... the the even scarier one, if that's possible, is Le Pen's granddaughter, uh, Marion Maréchal Le Pen, who's even younger, and who was the one who suggested that the equivalent of Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. I guess, should kind of completely disappear from France. And she's my age or younger, and somehow, if a man in his 60s says that I'm sad and angry and mad but kind of used to it Mm. but the fact that a woman in her 30s I don't even know if she's in her 30s she might still be in her 20s can actually start a career in politics by suggesting things like that I do not understand and I 
cannot understand. Not I that I understand the man, but I... Uh, no, but we don't automatically see him as part of our tribe unless he says he's part of our tribe. So if a male politician makes sweeping statements about women, is rude about women, I'm not thinking of anyone in particular, <laughs> uh, uh, is overtly sexist, we automatically see him as on the other team. But when it's a woman, it's somehow like a betrayal. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Sometimes you're sort of like, mate, this is hard enough without you turning on us as well. Like, we've only got us. And if you go, that's one less of us. Could I ask a question just back on the, um, on the tone of feminism in France? Did you sense a shift when the burqa ban came in? If you are old enough to remember the first one, because it was <laughs> back in the 1800s. <laughs> It's a tricky thing, the relationship of France and feminists in France and religion. Mm. Because I think a lot of people from any other countries cannot understand the position that France has on those bans. A lot of people in France assume that it's a very feminist position to have, which I think there's a generation gap, actually, on those issues. And I didn't... Yeah, but I think it's more a a generation... So, yeah, to answer your question, there there has been a shift. And the Burkini thing was the most ridiculous. It was so crazy. Like, it was just insane. Well, that's what I always say. You know, there should be a burqa ban, because the quote was, um, we won't be able to read women's body language if they're wearing a burqa. And that's true, you know. How else will we know if women are asking for it? Obviously, that is a sarcastic joke. (laughs) An edgy joke there from Felicity Ward. I would think that this would be the room for it. (laughs) The jokes of Felicity Ward are not necessarily the jokes jokes of the the guilty guilty feminist. I should actually say at the top, um, so I guess in the second half, Desiree Birch and Leila Hussein, I'm really aware that we're three white, effectively middle class, is it fair to say for middle class women? Uh, sitting around talking about <laughs> the hands um, again. I'm from working class roots, but now I buy quinoa, so. <laughs> I feel similarly, I'm colonial. I don't really fit into the class system terribly well. You can become middle class in Britain really quickly. Um, you just move in with your fiance's parents. Yeah. I mean, you just buy a Joe Malone candle and eat at Pressamonte. <laughs> It's incredibly quick here. We're going to talk about our challenges in the second half of the show, but I had a situation this week where I was on two panels, and I'm going to talk about this in my challenge, and women on both those panels said they didn't like the word feminism and they didn't want to use the word feminism and they didn't want to identify as a feminist. What do you think charges that word with so much fear from people? I was wondering that actually on the train in the tunnel. Well, I'm still allowed. Um... (laughs) I think it's just history. I think, I, I don't know, maybe they're just scared that... Or is it that it's the opposite of... For me, it rings like humanist, and that's one of the most beautiful words, but do they think it's the opposite of machist? Like do, a machoist. Do, yeah, do they feel like it's got a sort of against... I don't know. Um, Flick, do you ever have a feeling about that word or an association with that word? Well, I used to, I think. You know, this is the guilty feminist, so I haven't always been where I am now and where I am now is somewhere that still needs a lot of work as far as uh, well life in general but uh, the history for one uh, probably a little education there um, the wars Um, but so I was on a sketch show about off 10 years ago oh my god and one of the first interviews that we did and I still have the clipping and I keep it because it's disgusting they asked me what do you think of women in comedy and I wasn't doing stand-up then I'd gone from acting and then gone to sketch world and it was very much I think it's in Tina Facebook that she talks about this climate of never enough and that sometimes when women get into a position of power they shut the door behind them because they're told to believe that there's not enough jobs there's not enough partners that there's not enough money so it's like you hold on to what you've got and my answer was and I was 25 I think and my answer was I said what do you think about female stand-ups and I said I think they're fine as long as they don't do jokes about women things yep yep I said that and I own that and that is I do not think that now obviously because I'm a stand-up but yeah you're raised this is the thing is this why we need to talk about this stuff we're raised in a patriarchy we fear that if we're too girly or if we're not girly enough when we're with the girls or if we're too girly when we're with men or if we can't make it at work as a person not a woman 
We can't have mm. any help. What if we join the Women's Network and we're seen to trying to get somewhere by being a woman? Uh, we can't be flirtatious in any way or even overly pleasant because it might be seen as flirtatious. And then but dress nice because you don't want to be offensive. Sure. You don't want to push people away. You no, know. absolutely. And it's a really tricky balancing act. Mm. But I think there are times when we do judge women more harshly because we've been trained to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can't speak for anyone else's experience of how they grew up. I grew up in a household where um, my dad was the primary uh, breadwinner and he liked it like that. And then when my mum got a job, I can't believe I'm saying this on air, their relationship fell apart because he didn't like the balance shift. And I sort of grew up in this very sort of strange dichotomy of having this mother who there was a wharf that was going to be knocked down and I said I don't want it to get knocked down she said will you write a petition so I'm like nine years old and I'm taking these signatures so I've got this really political mum on the on one hand and I've got this dad on the other hand who has really traditional ideas about what women should do and I grew up with this two sides of my brain telling me different things and you know so I, I was really into sport and I really love both of my parents and I wanted to impress them equally so I on the one hand I have like respect for myself and I want to succeed and I want to be an incredible woman and I want to be ambitious and I want to achieve things. On the other side, I want boys to like me. This is how I thought. And if I shit on other women, boys will like me. Because I'm not like them. Like, that's how I grew up with this sorry, really... Sorry, if you shit on other women? Sorry. <laughs> what? That what? is an, an expression. Like, if oh, I'm sorry, mean I mean about other women. I thought you'd got involved you... in some kind <laughs> that's of That's the only way to get through in this life movement. sometimes, Deborah. You get a woman and you do a shit yep, thank you. on a chest thank you. and you say, this is my I territory. I understand now. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel, Clements? Do you feel like you've <laughs> shit on the book? No. Uh, do you feel like there's confusing messages that have sort of messed up your feminism radar sometimes, either in your childhood or in your teenage years, or even in the acting world? Like in show business, when you go up for auditions. Do you have this constant fear of, like, I've got to look a certain way or I've got to say certain things? Are there certain places you wouldn't say you're a feminist or you, or, or you would, but you might feel it's politically dangerous to do that? It's quite weird, because I think actors and actresses have to deal with the same kind of appearance problems. I mean, I think actors actually can be quite can even sometimes be a bit more worried about the way they look than actresses, up to a certain age. Yeah. And then there's just a gap and there's no roles for women and the roles for men are just becoming greater and greater. Yes. Because a man at 40 is at the sort of... The beginning of his career mm. and starts getting all the sort of really meaty parts and a woman at 40 is starting to think of maybe doing something else. Right. If she's not in the very few that... If yeah. she's not There's, doing If more. she's not, yeah, or Judy Dench <laughs> or, or, Judy or Helen Mirren or... Or Catherine Deneuve or... Yeah. yeah. Meryl yeah. Streep. Um, so... Yeah. <laughs> Good. Just contributing, guys. <laughs> so, in terms of where that's going with actors, you know, being able to take on different roles... Do you feel there's more pressure on female actors or actresses to keep looking younger than they are, whereas men can kind of... Well, I just noticed that male actors have less surgery than female actresses. Yeah. Because they probably don't feel... But there's a pressure that we put on ourselves as well that is very hard to avoid, and that's, I mean, that's the whole guilty feminist concept, I guess, of knowing we shouldn't be doing it, of knowing we don't have to, but then feeling like... Maybe you do, you want to sort of create a few more years or whatever and having to go through that. But yeah, I just noticed that it seems to be much less of a thing in male actors than in female actors. So do you think that show business is kind of like a microcosm for the world? It's sort of like turned up to 11, that women get an even less fair deal and that they're farmed out really much younger. It's almost like 100 years ago or something, isn't it, show business sometimes, I think? No, I'm no. To be honest, I I, I think show business. <laughs> I show take business all of that is back. a pretty lucky. It's a pretty lucky place to be. Um, oh sure, yeah. Within, uh, of and, course, and, you're not and, down, and up it, a chimney or down a mine. Yes. Yeah. No, and, <laughs> no but also, um, I do feel like crews are getting more and more mixed, as we say in French. Mm. Like I see lots more girls in the camera crews. I see lots more girls directing. 
I see a lot of actresses taking actors. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. I'm French. I'm... No, no. We were discussing this backstage, and Clemence was saying in France, it's actor actresses. It's the right part of speech. So it would sound like French was your second language if you called a woman an actor. But your languages, we were talking as well, is much more gendered than ours. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I and guess so. I was saying, do you think of a table as a female thing, or is it just part of the language? And you were saying, yes, you do. Yeah. All my life, a table has been female. So those glasses, are they male or female? Female. This bottle of water? Female. <gasps> Everything on this table is female. <laughs> Apart from this, what about an uh, iPad? Is an, is an iPad female or male? A uh, male. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. It was designed by Steve Jobs. Um, okay, so that sounds like a great place uh, for us to end part one of the show. Um, so, to play us out... Put your hands together for the B.I.G. Gospel Choir! Sold out tonight. We've been sold out for months. So some, I think, some people 
you know, then they forget they have tickets or they have a work crisis. But it breaks my heart that there are any empty seats because people were going, can I get a ticket? And I was like, you can't. Um, so She was really looks- awful about it too. I heard some of the phone calls. She's rough. No, I wasn't. It's, uh, it upsets me. The I word you used was, fuck you, you don't deserve a seat. That's what I heard. No, I think it was you. I didn't. I, I think said, it was you. if you're a better feminist, you would have bought a seat early. <laughs> you would have invested in women earlier, so... All I'm saying. No, I did not say that. Hashtag, <laughs> I love you all. Hello, Guilty Feminists. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for all your support over the last year. Now, many of you have expressed a desire to get involved, to make some of these challenges real and alive, especially along the lines of career development, not apologising, stepping into the space. So we have some workshops. Now, these are just the start. We're just testing the waters here in London, and then hopefully we'll be able to bring them around the country and even even wider internationally. The first two will be on the 22nd and 23rd of April. Jessica Regan, who's an actor who was in the Gender Blind Henry V, and I are going to do a workshop on big speeches, uh, male speeches from Shakespeare, speeches from history, taking the space and owning it. You can book for those workshops on guiltyfeminist.com. The price will be £50 for a day workshop, but there will be £10 places for those who cannot afford the £50. And please chip in a little bit more for another feminist to join the workshop if you can afford more. We want these to be accessible to everyone and intersectional. Um, We also have more of a corporate leadership day. Many of you know that I go into the corporate world and work with women on taking up the space. So there's going to be a very big leadership event uh, with me speaking and other brilliant people that you can work with, uh, a special Guilty Feminist episode on negotiation. Uh, with Suzanne Williams, who is uh, well known for negotiating with people who have hostages for the government uh, and for other organisations. And that is going to be an incredible special leadership day. Hopefully you can get your company to sponsor you to come on that if you are in the corporate world. That day will be £195, but again, there'll be £10 places. Please chip in more if you can or pay if you can. If you can't, please write in and you can go on our list for a £10 place. Details of all these things are on Guilty Feminist. Feminist.com.